Are you ready? Because it's time to talk at T's Talk Time. Welcome to another episode of Tease Talk Time. Yes, I'm your host, Teresa Smith. And today's episode is titled, An Interview with Jody Burnett. Jody Burnett is a Colorado native and is a mountain girl at heart. She loves writing mystery and suspense thrillers with a canine flair from her small ranch southeast of Denver, where she dotes on her horses, complains about her cows, and writes to create a home for her imaginings. Inspired by life in the country, Jody fosters her creative side by writing, watercolor painting, quilting, and crafting stained glass. She is a member of Novelists Incorporated and Sisters in Crime. All of her books are available on Amazon, but you can find out all about her and her books on her website, where she offers three free books for new readers to try. Jody's website is jody-burnett.com. And now, help me welcome Miss Jody Burnett to Tease Talk Time. Welcome, Jody. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for coming. Um, so let's get started right away with the first question. How did your journey as an author begin? Well, funnily, I, I didn't always want to be a writer. Um, when I was young, I just had an incredibly active imagination. And so I spent a lot of time in my make-believe playland. And so in a sense, that's telling stories, only I was part of the story. I played make-believe as long as I could get away with it until it wasn't really socially acceptable anymore to be playing with my pretend friends in public. And so um, I sort of just brought those stories into my mind. I, to this day, I tell myself bedtime stories when I can't sleep. And I don't do that run through the list of things to do that a lot of people do. I just tell myself a story. Um, I can be anything or do anything. And it's it's a great way to, to drift off to sleep. So I had four kids and of course told them stories, but still didn't really think about becoming a writer until they grew up and started moving away from home. And uh, my husband, I would just complain to him and cry to him. My babies are moving. I don't know who I am without being a mom and all of those kinds of things. And, uh, and he said, you know, you, you ought to write a book. Now, what I think he meant was write a book that's like seven easy steps to stop bothering your husband with your emptiness syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what I wrote. I wrote a fiction instead. And indeed, the, in the fiction, it was a woman whose children were moving away from home. But then, of course, my imagination took off from there. And that's really the only similarity in that story to my own. But uh, from there, I just fell in love with the process of writing and writing my stories and my imagination down. And I love it. And I haven't stopped since. That's wonderful. Next question. What is the title of your favorite childhood book? Well, I have to say it's more than one. I loved, loved Nancy Drew growing up. 
I just loved all of the mysteries. She seemed so grown up and mature going, solving mysteries on her own. <laughs> and my sister used to read those to me. We shared a room and she used to read those to me when I was little. So I loved Nancy Drew. Okay. And there comes the mystery. Yep. <laughs> okay. What's the title of your favorite book now that you're an adult? That's such a hard question because there's so many fantastic books out there, but I think the books that had the most effect on me growing up or as a young adult anyway, were I fell in love with Robert Ludlum. Now I love the Born Identity trilogy, but the Born Identity before it was the movie because it's, it's Cold War spies. And in the movie, of course, it's not, it's all, you know, high tech and that kind of thing, similar storyline, of course, but I loved Robert Ludlum. I love spy novels. So Vince Flynn, uh, Brad Thor, all of those guys love to read those. Okay. So uh, what inspires you to write? What would you say is your inspiration? Or it could be different things at different times. Uh, what is the catalyst that causes you to want to do another story? I really think I just can't stop my imagination. It just keeps going. And about, I get about two thirds the way through a book when my mind is already starting to give me ideas for the next book. And I just want to, I want to explore the story too. I want to see where the story goes too. So it's really just curiosity and my own imagination. You're a natural writer. That's or at least mean. a natural imaginationer. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> we'll make it a word. We'll put it in the urban dictionary. Perfect. Okay. So how do you resolve issues that other authors may face? Maybe you don't face it. I don't know. Um, issues like writer's block. I think we all have times where we look at the blank page and have no idea what the words are going to be. Um, or if I, like right now, I'm sort of struggling, just I'm in the middle of, of a book I'm writing right now. And the middle is sometimes the hard part to get through. And so it helps me to take a break from that creative, uh, creative adventure and do something else. So I also paint um, and I do some other just different kinds of creative activities. And when I do that, it seems to recharge or sort of jumpstart my, my writing creativity again. So that's what helps me. Right, an, another creative break. Exactly. That's a good way to take a break and <laughs> refresh yourself, recharge yeah. your batteries. <laughs> yeah, that <Yeah>, works. <laughs> okay, we already know from two of your responses the answer to this question, but I think it's important to focus in on it. In which genres do you write? I write in suspense thriller with a canine flair. So I have three series. One of them is not a canine series, but the other two are. One is an FBI canine series, and one is a, my protagonist is, um, she, she's first a sheriff's deputy, but then she becomes a U.S. Marshal with a canine. Okay. And why did you choose that particular genre? Um, you know, and are you planning to maybe one day explore a different genre? Well, I started out thinking I wanted to write romantic suspense, which is my first series, which by the way, is not romantic suspense. <laughs> There's romance in it, but I had the advice uh, from another author who said, really, your, your romance has to be as hot as your su suspense and mine certainly is not. So, <laughs> so that isn't the, the path I took. And the third book in that series 
um, the, if the series is about three brothers. So each book has its, its own brother, has his own story. And in the third book, the third brother is, is an FBI agent and he gets lost in the, in the mountains of Idaho. And a, a woman comes from Denver with her, her canine tracking dog, an FBI agent to help find him in, in this blizzard that he's in. And um, then, you know, she goes back home to Denver and I thought, gosh, that was sure fun to write about dogs and learn about the training and the, you know, the police dogs. I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to Denver next and do an FBI series with K-9. And that's what I did. And I fell in love. With it. I just, I love it. I don't know. It was kind of an accident, but I love being here. So it's a great, a great genre. I love the readers. They're a lot of fun. They know a lot about dogs too, and have a huge heart for animals. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. So what is your favorite genre to read? You kind of um, you know, alluded to it, but what is your favorite genre to read and why is it your favorite? I love spy, spy novels. I think because they're a little dangerous, you know, you, you, it's not something I experience in my everyday life. And, um, but I love, I just love the intensity and the, the thrill of it all. Um, and I always have, I've always loved that. I think my dad loved to read spy novels. And so I used to, I guess I just sort of adopted that from him. But I still do. I, I read all over the map, though. I love historical fiction. I like a good rom-com in the summer when I don't feel like putting a lot of mental energy into it. And I just want to have a good story. And, you know, um, I love the classics. So I'm all over the map. But my favorite spy novels. Okay. So how many books have you written? And what are the titles of your books? After telling me the titles, maybe you can tell us a little bit about each one. Sure. I have 11 books published right now. Um, in the, the first one is the Flint River series. And like I said, each of those books are um, three brothers, the story of each brother. The first book in that series, though, has a lot to do with equine therapy. The main, uh, the main character in that is an equine therapist, social worker slash equine therapist. I wrote her because that was my experience. I had a business when I was oh gosh, 35 to about 45, uh, working with at-risk at teens using equine therapy. And so I, I really felt like I had a lot to say about it and it's a fantastic work. So I wanted to display that. And then uh, her sort of counterpart is a Marine who comes home from Afghanistan and he's suffering from PTSD. So, you know, she works with him. So that's that book. The other two books again are There's Suspense. Um, the Middle Brother is the second book which is called Hidden, for, Hidden in the Hills. And then Danger in the Hills is the third brother. Um, and they, they're connected by all of the characters in the book, but each book has its own crime and the solution to that crime. Um, then we moved over to the FBI series, which I have Avenging Adam, Body Count, Concealed Cargo, and Mile High Mayhem. Um, there's serial killers, there's uh, two the first two are serial killers. The third one is uh, human trafficking. And the fourth one is about a bomb dog and a bomb, the bomb unit. And then the connection between that series and then one I'm writing now is the, the canine agent in the bomb, the bomb dog canine agent. His little sister is the one who ends up being the protagonist for this next series. And it's up in Wyoming. And uh, so there's four books in that series now. Renegade is is the first book, that's the name of her dog. Then Maverick, uh, 
Marshall, no, just, yeah, Marshall, <laughs> I'm getting confused, Marshall and then Justice. And I'm currently writing the fifth book, which is titled Bloodline. Awesome. You know, what I feel is that every author or every artist places a little bit of themselves in the book. And I could tell when you were explaining about the, the various titles and some of the characters that you've done that. You've sprinkled a little bit of your experiences into your work. And I think that's what works sometimes for the reader when they read it, because when you get engrossed into the storyline, you start to feel like this is a real person. That is not all imagination. That some of the parts of the characters come from the author. They have to come from somewhere, some experience of some real human person. Absolutely. I would, I would argue that every character in a book is part of the author of that book. You can't help it. And the fun part is, is putting these little things in that maybe only my family knows and they like to read and find a little, you know, these little nuggets of things that maybe they remember from their childhood or a phrase that I say or something like that. It's fun. It is. Okay, so I wanted to discuss one of your books, well, the epilogue to one of your books in particular that I had the opportunity to read. And I also have some follow-up questions related to some of the questions you've already um, answered. But the title of the book that I read was, well, the epilogue was A Flint River Christmas, an exclusive epilogue novella. And I found it rather intriguing <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm the type of person that no one wants to watch a mystery movie with. <laughs> I, I kind of always solve it before time. <laughs> I do too. You know, I do too. <laughs> and like, I kind of felt like I knew where the story was going. I kind of had a feeling of who would be involved uh, with the murder or whatever. Uh -huh. And not to give away the plot. Uh, <laughs> But it was very, I like the way you developed the plot and how you developed your characters in the story and how you feel like you're there in the setting. Um, the small village, you know, um, the, the mountains, the prairies. And I think that comes from, again, you, because you live in Denver. <laughs> it <laughs> so certainly you know, helps. <laughs> you know that kind of life, you know? So, it, and it feels real. It feels, it doesn't feel like you're just watching fiction, although we know it is fiction. Thank you. Thank Don't you. Don't any murders, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Huge compliment. Yeah, I kind of tried to tame that down because it was a Christmas book. So there's no real blood and guts or anything like that in that one. <laughs> Which I like. Right. You know, I'm, I'm the Christmas queen, the Christmas fairy. I don't want to steal that title from Mar Mariah Carey, though. <laughs> one of those things. But um, I really love Christmas and anything to do with it. And I found it very interesting. And I like the fact that um, your main character, if I might say, just to give a little snippet, sure. is um, an elderly woman. Correct. Yet she has such a well-rounded view of life 
it's like life is not over for her, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, and then again, that comes from me too, right? I'm in my fifties and I know that life Mm -hmm. is just starting as, you know, a new life is starting and there's no reason why you should, you know, settle in and sit on the couch. But yeah. So if in the three books prior, the woman, the protagonist in that book is named Mary and she's, she's the three brothers who are all grown men. She's their grandmother. And so at the end, I thought, gosh, I just really love to give Mary her own story and her own romance and her own mystery. So that's what that's what that story is. I'm glad you did. It's inspiration (laughs) for people like myself. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) And so my follow up questions are a little bit related to your other series. Um, So this question is regarding your emphasis on solving crimes in your writing. What background do you draw upon or is it research that you do to aid you in developing the plot of each book? It's absolutely, first of all, the love of, of suspense thrillers anyway, but um, it's research. I don't, I don't have a law enforcement background at all. Um, I just, but I do enjoy learning. I love the research. I've been able to interview several different canine police officers, which has been incredible. Um, There's a small town that, well, it's much bigger than the small town I live in, but a a city that's about 30 minutes west of me called Castle Rock. And they have an incredible canine unit. And they were so gracious. They let me come in and my husband came too. And we we sat with them for two hours, just asking every question we could think of. And they went through their whole process of how, you know, how they use the dogs and, and different kinds of things like that. It was fantastic. Um, so those kinds of things have been invaluable. I've done a couple of citizens academies, one with the Douglas County Sheriff's Department here. And I just got back from a national uh, citizens academy. It was called uh, Writers Law Enforcement Academy up in um, Green Bay, Wisconsin. It was fantastic. So there's all sorts of learning that you can do. And then as far as crimes go, I love true crime. And so I am sometimes inspired by that, like maybe uh, what kind of a crime or how did that that particular villain get away with something or how did he get caught? Those things uh, really inspire me too. Interesting. So the main character in your series, most of your um, other series, work with canines. So the obvious question for me would be, do you own or train dogs? I don't train dogs for a living, but I do have two big dogs. I have a Rottweiler and a Labrador. I've had dogs all my life. And I also had four kids. So I sort of come from the mind of dogs need to be trained. (laughs) So I do, my dogs are well-trained. They're very, very well-disciplined, but I, you just can't have a big dog that's going to yank you around. So in my opinion, (laughs) so they, they mind their manners, but they're great dogs. And that's a lot of where the character of dog of the dogs come from is just spending time with my own, you know, watching their silly antics and they're so expressive. And especially my Roddy, he's just, he's a big baby and he's, (laughs) he's a sweet, sweet boy, but yeah. I'm a dog lover as well. I grew up with a a full-blooded German shepherd. Oh, fantastic. He was given to me um, in fourth grade as my birthday present and stayed with me until I was in college, believe it or not. Oh, wow. That's great. He lived a very long time. Yeah, wonderful. um, I have one brother, but I always tell my brother he was like a brother to me. (laughs) (laughs) And he was. 
<laughs> that dog was so sweet. What was his name? His name was Boss. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and believe me, he was the boss. Because <laughs> he was so friendly to family. Mm -hmm. But if anyone else came around, <laughs> you had to put them away somewhere. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I have to tell you, really, I'll try to make it really short, but a funny mm -hmm. story. When my Rottweiler was only, he was about six months old, but he was definitely my dog. You know, sometimes they, they attach to you in a way. Mm -hmm. And he was asleep on the other side of our bed. And my husband was dramatically swatting moths with the fly swatter and mm -hmm. making all sorts of racket and just being silly. And it, it woke up my dog and I think all he saw or heard were like, you know, the noises or the swatting or he's, maybe he saw the shadow. I don't know, but he came around the corner from that bed, baring his teeth and his hackles were up and, and my husband like jumped on the bed. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> because I think, we think he thought that he was hitting me, which, you know, he never would do, but you know, that dog was not about to, I said, well, see, now you better behave. <laughs> You're very protective. Yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. Very protective. And so he was my pet. He was, I treated him more like a pet, but my dad kind of groomed him to be the guard dog. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a good thing to have. Rest in peace. I lost him in 2013, my oh, dad. But um, he brought him home to me in his pocket of his coat. Oh. <laughs> he was so tiny oh, for my birthday. Cute. So I'm, I'm truly a dog lover. And actually my first book that I wrote in um, undergrad is a children's book about a dog, but not a German Shepherd, a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why did you choose Cocker Spaniel? I think because they're cute and cuddly, uh -huh. but I, and, and it was for you know, children more like a lot of people would wonder why my dad bought me a full-blooded German Shepherd that would outgrow me in a few years. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they basically because they're little cuddly dogs, and you know, it's for children. That's why sure. I selected that. But I was inspired by the fact that I owned a dog when I was mm -hmm. a child. Oh, yeah. Fun. So let me move on. It's not about me. It's about. <laughs> so my question. I decided to delete a question, actually. I'm not going to ask it because I don't think it matters that much in, in the realm of being an author. So I'm just going to ask instead, what have you done to promote your books? Well, I am independently published, so I do have to do all of the, the promotion, advertising, and marketing. So I do that through, I've spoken in libraries, at a book club. Um, I had a, our county had a big, huge tea and, and they asked me to speak at that. That was actually fantastic. Um, that kind of thing. Um, also just the general Facebook ads and Amazon ads. I do social, all my social media, I post on social media. So those are the kinds of things and just getting out and meeting people. Okay. So what advice do you have for new authors? I don't mean just new younger authors, because mm -hmm. of course, even children could author books sure. um, at any age. If you're just getting into the business of writing books, what advice do you have for new authors? Well, first of all, I agree. Um, I hit publish for the first time when I was 50. So that's, that's absolutely, it's never too late. And I, I believe that everybody has a book in them if they want to write it. If you're out there and you're wanting to write a book or you have written a book, maybe you're afraid to hit publish and maybe you, you know, there's, it's a big learning curve and there's a lot to learn, but you can learn as you go, finish your book and publish it. Just do it. 
the world is the world is out there waiting for for you for your words i agree and the, and i kind of feel that's the same for podcasting or mm -hmm. any um one who speaks on a platform every single person has a story and there's an audience for every person's story i truly believe that i do too are you currently writing a new book i am i'm writing the the fifth book in my 10 star series um it's due out in September, and it's called Bloodline. Hmm. Everybody heard that here first. <laughs> That's true. Maybe second or third. I don't know. Nope, I think it's first said here. <laughs> right. We, we, we got the, the skinny on everything. That's right. So where can my audience find your books and find out more about you, Jody? Thank you. Thanks. Um, all of my books are on Amazon. So that's the easy, quick go. But if you want to learn anything about me or about um, how my books came about, uh, how the books are connected, I have audiobooks as well, uh, please go to my website. It's jodi-burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T.com. And also you can connect with me on any of my social media through my website. So I love to talk to everybody, answer all my emails. So give me a shout. Okay. So... That really does it for wraps up our questions. However, I always feel like there's so much more to a person than being an author or being a teacher or being a doctor or a lawyer. I mean, we're all multifaceted and we have several layers. Mm -hmm. So if you want to share any of your other endeavors that you're taking on, you know, additionally, uh, in addition to being an author or some upcoming events that you'll be having as an author, you can do that right now. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Um, I actually have a business that I'm working on. It's in the building stages. It's called Elon Vital Create, and it's aimed towards creative people, all creative people and all ventures, um, kind of dealing with that, what we were talking about earlier, that creative block or that sense of being stuck or not knowing what to do, or maybe feeling like our art or our whatever we're producing or performing just isn't quite up to snuff and we feel self-conscious about it. My goal is to serve those people and help them to have fun again, find a joy in their creation again. So it's in the building works, but, if, but I'm sure I'll announce it on my website. Okay, so everyone make sure that you go to Jody's website. And I am so appreciative of you for joining me today on Tea's Talk Time. I hope you'll come back again in the future, maybe, and uh, give us some more information about other series and other endeavors that you're working on. Thank um, you so also, much. The audience may not know this, but I I've been teasing Jody about her cows <laughs> because she, she lives on a ranch. So maybe next time she'll bring a picture of the cows. That's right. Or go to my website. You'll, you could, there's pictures there. I think there's pictures, maybe not of the cows, but definitely of my horse. Maybe I need to add pictures of the cows. <laughs> Thank you again. And so Thank everyone, you, Teresa. I'd like to say, um, make sure you pick up one of Jody's books or two or three or four. <laughs> Thank you. As always, I'll talk to you later. Recently, I've had the opportunity to read one of Jody Burnett's 
mystery and suspense thrillers entitled A Flint River Christmas. It is a novella and is quite mysterious and entertaining. I hope you pick it up.